Welcome back, AM 1160 The Quest, Atlanta's Catholic radio station. We are so glad that you are listening to the Celebrate Your Faith Spirit Drive, and we would love it if you would become part of the team by giving us a call at 678-688-4549. Our last guests were amazing, as have been all of our guests, and we are grateful, but we have some some time to make up because we didn't get a single call this last hour. We need your help. Number to call, 678-688-4549. Sometimes, you know, it's just important to get the message out, whether we get calls or whether we don't. Um, you know, that's one of the, the glories of Catholic Radio. Um, but it is important that we get the calls and get the funds so that we have the airwaves in order to bring the message out. Um, so we are in a day two of our pledge drive, and we are right now at $11,085. $11,085 for the day so far. Yesterday, we had... Uh, $54,414 called in. So we have, uh, if we want to do better today than yesterday, we got some work cut out for us, but we can absolutely do it. Number to call 678-688-4549. When we do these local pledge drives, we also get to bring in great local guests. And our next one is Bob Fink, and he is going to be talking about Eucharistic miracles. And wow, I love this subject. I absolutely, I've, uh, I just, it, it, this is one of my favorite kinds of interviews. I've, I've interviewed about Eucharistic miracles many times. And, and so I'm really excited to be able to, to find out more about this. Um, so welcome. Thank you. We know that all good things begin with prayer. So would you be willing to, to lead us in a prayer for this next hour? Sure, I'd be glad to. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we adore you, we glorify you. We thank you for all the wonderful gifts in our life, particularly the gifts of your body and blood in the Eucharist. Please tell your Father we are very grateful for you and also for the Eucharist and also for Mother Mary for saying yes. For all these reasons, we now have your body and blood in the Eucharist. Amen. 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 Okay, so a few uh, housekeeping kind of things. We want to ring the bell a whole lot while you're sitting in that hot seat. We get to ring the bell for a couple reasons. One is if we get a founder. A founder is a person who says they will give $100 a month for 36 months, one-time pledge of 3600 however you want to break it up over three years. If you do that, we, it's an automatic ring of the bell. We have had several people who have called in at that level. We have Julie, Julietta, Denise, Janet, Betty, St. Bridget's Men's Club, Michael, Father Peak, Denise, um, and Major General Tom. And I think maybe we've had somebody after him, so I'll have to find that out. Because um, <clears throat> we've had two today, and I've only got one listed for today. So if we can find out the name of the other founder, that would be awesome. Um, and uh, so those are all of our founders who called in and said $100 a month for 36 months. Um, can you be the next one? I think it was Robert, because Robert was the one that called in and said that he would double his. He was already a founder and he'd do it again. So I think I got it. Um, so uh, number to call, though, 678-688-4549. We also have... <coughs> some giveaways along the way. And uh, for every founder, we give away the Echo Dot. So if you would like to receive that, uh, that's just kind of a thank you from Catholic Radio. All donors of any amount get a holy card of St. Gabriel, the, who is the patron of Catholic Radio. All monthly donors will get a book of the hour. You can call and ask the volunteer what the book of the hour is. You will get that for a monthly donation of any amount. Monthly don donors are so important because it helps Catholic Radio to budget. So if you would like to, to do that, then give them, a, give them a call. Every day we're going to have a drawing for a blessed rosary that comes from a holy site. And uh, Bob and Kathy were the winners of the rosary for yesterday. Every donor, no matter the amount, gets entered into the drawing. I also want to take this opportunity to again say thank you to Chick-fil-A, who provided us for with our breakfast sandwiches each day during the pledge drive. Delicious, absolutely delicious. Um, delicious lunches and dinners, too, uh, but the breakfast has been so appreciated. The one that provides them is on Woodstock Road in Roswell. So we are we are grateful to Chick-fil-A and to uh, especially to the one on Woodstock Road. Okay, so enough of that. Number to call 678-688-4549. We are talking, oh, we also ring the bell at the $10,000 level. So we just rang it at eleven at 10000 We're now at 11085 mm. When we 
we get to 20,000, we ring the bell again. We are talking with Bob Fink. We're talking about Eucharistic miracles. So as I understand it, um, you know, we're going to talk about Eucharistic miracles. That's the goal. But also, um, can we find out maybe a little bit about you and, uh, you know, what, what kind of, you know, it seems like when I talk to, to people on the radio, everybody has a story of things that have happened in their life along the way that have brought them to the point where they're talking about the topic that, that they're here to discuss. And it's always very interesting to see how God has worked in somebody's life to bring them to this point. So can we talk just a little bit about you before we get started on Eucharistic Miracles? Sure. How far back do you want me to go? You know, don't take a lot of time because we want to spend it on Eucharistic Miracles. But but it's just no. interesting. And, and God works in, in mysterious ways that we don't even know usually in our own lives when it's happening. But then we can look back and say, that's why I went through that. Yes. So... One time at Mass at St. Jude's, oh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, Father Peake said the Mass, Seventh mm-hmm. Father Kevin Peake, and he mm-hmm. talked about the Eucharistic miracles, and it really stunned me. What is a Eucharistic miracle? And I saw him after Mass, and he mentioned there was a book called Eucharistic Miracles by Joan Carol Cruz. So I was able to obtain a copy of the book and, and read about the miracles, and it just stunned me. It just amazed me that all this information was available about the Eucharist. And uh, up to that time, I would say, if somebody said, do you believe in the Eucharist as the body and blood of Christ? I would say, yes, yes, I believe, I believe. But it reminded me, too, of a passage in the Bible where Jesus says to Philip, after all these years, or after all this time, why don't you know me? And I was thinking, the Eucharist, I've been a Catholic for many years and I say, yes, I, I, I believe it's the body and blood. But I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't appreciate the Eucharist. So I started to pursue it and found out that there was a, uh, the Vatican had approved many of the miracles and they had developed a Eucharistic uh, worldwide exhibit. And you were able to get copies of them. They had panels three, three feet by two feet depicting and I think they have 150 miracles that they have approved and they have documented in this, in this exhibit. So through the Sarah Club, I've been a member for many years. I think that time I was president. I was able to have the Sarah Club provide the funds to acquire the material to develop or, or print 50 of these miracle panels. So we got the 50 and 50 tripods, and I started displaying them uh, all over the archdiocese. This is about 10 or 15 years ago. And while I was doing that, I was learning more and more about the miracles, focusing on different ones because they're all amazing. And then actually, uh, in the past couple of years, my wife and I, my wife Mary, uh, we were able to visit the most famous one, which we can talk about later on, Lanciano, and we got to visit the, the uh, also the one in Oviedo. Wow. So it's been part of my life, and now I can say I truly love and appreciate the Eucharist. That was about 10 years ago that, that you first had that... that uh... Uh, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 Up to then, again, I believe, but I didn't really appreciate. Yeah. Now I love and appreciate the Eucharist and uh, try to get it every day to get me through the day. Yes, yes. And, and what a gift that is that, that we can go and we can receive our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and we can receive the grace. And, and you know, that's why he told us. That's why he gave us the Eucharist and the Blessed Sacrament. Um at, at the Last Supper. That's why he gave that to us and said, you must eat of my flesh. You must drink of my blood. That's what he tells us in John 6. You must do this because he knows the grace. You must do it if you want to have eternal life because he knows the grace yeah. that comes through that and, and that we're going to need it. We are absolutely going to need it. The, I need it. The second part to that, Yes. Jesus said, you must eat my body and drink my blood. And it was a hard statement in the corner of Scripture. And many of them left. Yes. In fact, one of the footnotes, footnote in Ignatius Catholic Study Bible says, this is the only instance in the gospel where followers of Jesus abandoned in such large numbers. Yes. And the key to that is, if it was he just meant it symbolically eat my body and drink my blood, he would have said so. Yeah. Because then those people would have come back. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't mean it. But he, you he, know, he but meant he didn't what do he that. said. Mm-hmm. You must eat his body and drink his blood. And then at the Last Supper, he said, this, the bread is my body and the, and the wine is my blood. So you know, and I had somebody tell me once that um, there are no other books of the Bible that have six chapters, have a sixth chapter 
with 66 verses, Mm -hmm. but that one does. John 6, 6, 6. How amazing is that? That's right. right. That's That's where they turn away. Right. Yeah. 666, right. 666. All right. So we are talking about Eucharistic miracles. We've now kind of established the Eucharist and and what it is, and uh, that there is some... Who, who don't believe or don't don't understand it completely. Bob was one of those that, you know, he was going to Mass, he was receiving, and I think so many of us go through the motions um, without really feeling it in our hearts and without really re- realizing the tremendous gift. You know, and who is it that, that said, maybe it was St. Saint, Saint Margaret, um, I'm trying to remember, who said, if we really understood. So I think even those of us who kind of understand don't fully understand because she said, if we really understood, we would die of happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, so I, you know, we are actually receiving the body and blood of Jesus Christ when we receive the Eucharist. There have been many over the years who really doubted people, you know, priests, different things. And I think that's where we get these Eucharistic miracles because I think, most of them occur when somebody's really truly doubting the true presence. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that, but I need to give out the number again, 678-688-4549. I also have a, a message for you already. You just sat in the hot seat and it says, um, Bob Fink, thank you for your tireless work with promoting the Eucharistic Miracles display. I saw it at the Eucharistic Congress and it changed how I thought about the Eucharist. I haven't seen them every year. Can they be displayed again? So they, they, they're wanting it. They're wanting it. That's awesome. Uh, the Eucharistic Congress I've been going to for the last probably 15 or 20 years myself. And uh, usually we... I do display it at the Eucharistic Congress. One of the problems, though, is there's really limited space. And sometimes it may be down where they have confessions or some private place, but it has been there. Sometimes it's hard to find. Last year, it was the first year in 15 years it was not displayed, and that was because of a personal uh, challenge that I had. I couldn't do it. Mm. But usually we're at the Eucharistic Congress. And so before we go on to the question I just asked, I'm going to ask you a different one and change it up because of that message there. But what is this display that, that you do? The display consists of, I we, uh, through the Vatican, it's the Vatican exhibit, and it's 150 miracles that were investigated and approved by the Pope, by the, by the Vatican. We have 50 of them, actually 55 panels, which is probably about 45 miracles. And we set them up on a tripod, and you can and it, des- it de- describes the miracle, has a picture of it. It's actually like it's it's not a picture, a uh, photo. It's a a painting or a drawing of the actual miracle happening, and it tells about the present situation. Most miracles, the, the whatever the the host or the wine or the blood rather or the, is still in existence, so you can see it. It's not something that was there one day and then it's gone the next day. In fact, in the book I mentioned, Joan Cruz. She says, the Savior has seen fit at times to prove his presence by performing Eucharistic miracles of various kinds. Mm. So she's saying that we have a panel describing that too. But it's very impressive uh, to see, and we can talk about some of the miracles, but it's just just amazing. So um, how many of these pictures do you have in the display? So it's all pictures. It's not the actual... No, no. It's picture. Well, it's it's a, a rendering. Not a, it's, this is not a drawing. A, a rendering of the scene... And then uh, there is the, the verbiage. Like, for example, I'm going to partic- point out a particular one, but say the priest held up the host and it started bleeding in his hands and the blood went on the corporal on the altar. To, and this may have happened in the year 1200. That corporal is still in existence mm-hmm. and displayed at that church. Yeah. So the panel will show the picture, probably a, a rendering of a priest holding the host and the blood coming down. Then they'll describe the miracle and the present status of it today, if it's still displayed and where it's displayed and so forth. That's Excellent. the typical format of the panels. Excellent. Excellent. And, I, you know, the question that I asked earlier, and then I'll give out the phone number, but the question I asked earlier is, it seems like often the Eucharistic miracles that are occurring 
are because somebody is doubting the true presence. So let's talk about some of the Eucharistic miracles um, in in more detail and about the the doubt maybe that that caused those to come. So again, the phone number though six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. We are still at eleven thousand eighty five dollars. We would love it if we could get some phone calls coming in. Also, if you want to give a message to Bob Fink, um, we certainly welcome that as well. Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Come on, let's keep these. Let's keep Catholic Radio strong in Atlanta. We really, really, really need your help if we want to do this. We are at sixty five thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars for the two day total. The fact is that's not enough. It's a lot of money, and we are grateful, absolutely grateful. It is not enough to sustain a radio station for six months. So come on, give us a call. The electricity alone on a 50,000-watt station is tremendous. Then you have the building, you have the equipment, you have uh, uh, employees. Um, you know, there's just so much. I know so much of what Quest does operates on on volunteers, maybe all of it. Last time I was here, it was all volunteer. Um, so... I, I don't know exactly where they are, but but the the fact is that sixty six thousand is not going to get us through six months. So we really need your help. Um, number to call if you want Catholic Radio to stay strong in Atlanta. Number to call six seven eight six eight eight four five. Four, nine. All right, we are talking again with Bob Fink. He is talking about Eucharistic miracles, and I asked the question about, um, you know, that often it happens with, with doubters. So maybe talk about some of the Eucharistic miracles. I think what we'll focus on first is probably the most famous miracle. This happened in Lanciano, Italy, in the year 730, the 8th century. And I'm going to read some of this because it's more clear than, it's more clear than me trying to memorize it. But during the year... 740, a priest had doubts about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. One day while celebrating a Mass, as he spoke the words of the consecration, the host changed into a circle of flesh, and the wine was transformed into visible blood. The flesh remained intact, but the blood is in, uh, actually developed in five pellets of unequal size. The priest announced to the congregation what had happened, and they proceeded to the altar to see the flesh and blood. So there were witnesses to this occurrence. They were there for the Mass, and they actually saw the result of, of the miracle. The flesh and blood have remained intact and continue to be displayed in the church. The flesh is in a monstrance and the blood on the crystal chalice. This is now in the year 2019, after it happened in the year 730. Then in uh, 1970, that's 240 years later, mm. they decided... 1970 or 970? 1970, I'm sorry, 1970. Okay. 240, yeah. Uh, they, they decided to get the, take the flesh and blood and have it tested. Now they have more sophisticated medical equipment and so, okay. so they could test it. So they submitted it to a well-known... Uh, physician who specializes in analyzing blood samples and so forth in flesh. And uh, his response, the flesh is real flesh, the blood is real blood, the, fresh, the flesh and blood belong to the human species. The flesh consists of muscular tissue of the heart, most sacred heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. truly present in the Holy Eucharist. In the flesh we see present in sections, the myocardium, the endocardium and the vagus nerve, and also the left ventricle of the heart with a large thickness. The flesh is a heart, complete in its essential structure. Mm. The flesh and blood have the same blood type, AB. In the blood, there was found proteins in the same normal proportions as found in the seropropyl makeup of normal fresh blood. So that proves it truly was. And actually, the, the... just the fact that the, the uh, blood and the flesh have lasted this long is just amazing. 1,200 years? Yeah. Wow. But my wife and I, we intentionally went on a tour and we went to Lanciano. Mm-hmm. We went into the big church. It's, it's this great, again, the, the, the flesh is in a monstrance and the blood is pellets is in a glass container on the top of the altar. And it, was just, it was just amazing. Then they took us to a small chapel in the back for a mass for our group. And as during Mass, I looked up, and over the priest's shoulder, there was a glass window, and you could see the monstrance right there, mm. Jesus' body. It was just amazing. It just blew me away. Mm. That's probably the most famous. 
But it doesn't stop there. Many people don't realize, they say, well, that was back in the year 700 or 780. What about today? Well, in 1996, let me get this straight here. 1996 in Buenos Aires, Argentina, when Pope Francis was the archbishop in uh, Buenos Aires, a priest said a mass and was finished distributing the communion. A woman informed that she had found a discarded host on a candlestick hole in the back of the church. The priest located it, and there's a regular process what you do with the discarded host. He placed it in a container of water in the tabernacle. Uh, then, I guess it's eight days later, he opened it, the tabernacle, and uh, saw the host had turned into a bloody substance. The priest went to the bishop to say, this is what happened. So the bishop wanted to investigate it. So Bishop Baraglio, which is now Pope Francis, ordered to have the host professionally photographed. The host, which had become a fragment of bloodied flesh, was growing in size. When they compared the pictures, the piece of flesh was actually growing in size from one time to the next. For several years, the host remained in the tabernacle. Then Cardinal Baraglio decided to have the substance scientifically analyzed and on October 5, 1999, a sample of the substance was sent to New York without disclosing the source of the fragment. And it was the same specialist that had done Lanciano. The results of the scientific analysis were as follows. The substance was human flesh and blood, uh, substance a fragment of the heart, blood type AB. The scientists compared the results of the Buenos Aires with the results of Lanciano found that two lab reports must have originated from the same test samples obtained from the same person. Both samples revealed AB positive blood. It says the tissues, in this case, were, inflamed, were an inflamed heart, which meant the person to whom they belonged must have suffered a lot. The muscle of the heart was a myocardium, which is the left ventricle. Uh, the heart showed dynamic activity. It was alive. Hmm. At the moment brought the scientists, it was pulsating. When it was brought to the scientists, it was pulsating. So th this is just like Lanciano, and it's that many years later. Mm -hmm. And that's now is on display. All the exhibits or the miracles uh, that are mentioned in the, in the uh, exhibits are still on display. It's nothing. And there were also wit there were witnesses to all these events, and they were investigated by the archdiocese and by the pope. That's why they were in the, the uh, exhibit, international exhibit. Wow, you know, and and just a real real testament to um, the true presence, the true true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. When He told us, "You must eat of My flesh and drink of My blood," He meant it, and He gave us the means to do that through the Catholic Church, through the 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 consecration that occurs um, at every altar throughout the world. Every single day that it occurs, we have the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, and that is such a gift, and it's a gift that, that Christ knew that we were going to need, and so he gave that to us. So the number to call, though, for, for Catholic Radio, if you want to keep messages like this coming out across Catholic Radio, the number to call is 678 688 Four five four nine total is still the same. We're at eleven thousand eighty five dollars, and we are so grateful. We are absolutely grateful. You know, Bob, you go out and you you give talks and and uh, you take your your uh, display. About how many people can you reach at one of those? You know, and, and I'm going somewhere with this, so just kind of play along with me. Well, the format usually is if the, if the parish contacts me. I'll normally or have them set it up on a Friday night, so we'll be there for Mass on Saturdays and Sundays, mm -hmm. and then we'll pick it up on Monday. So we're not really involved in the actual presentation. Uh, we had it at St. Jude's about two weeks ago. It's a small version of it, and I was there to answer questions, and people were just amazed, mm -hmm. just amazed. About how many people came through there? I'd guess there were an average or at least maybe 50 for each Mass. Yeah, and come. so a few hundred people that you were able to reach, and how amazing is that? And how how wonderful for those few hundred people that that were able to go through, and and that is such a blessing. But what I'm going to with this is the fact that with Catholic radio, we can get the same message. You know, they don't get to see the pictures, but they get the same message, and we're going out to a potential 3.1 
million listeners. That's the power of Catholic radio. That's why St. John Paul the Great said, if St. Paul was alive today, he'd be on Catholic radio. (laughs) This is part of the new evangelization, and it's so important that we are able to keep this message going in Atlanta. And so we would love it if you would become part of the team, and you would call in at 678-688-4549, and give at any level that you can give. It would be a wonderful time to get a few founders. We had uh, nine founders yesterday. We have two more today. We have Major General Tom and one person who called in as an anonymous founder. He was actually a founder before and became a founder again because of the speaker that he heard um, on on the radio. And we are appreciative. Um, love to get some more. But really, truly, I think... Um, it's an all play. It's it's a whole bunch of people joining, linking arms. Um, it's kind of like this big net that we send out there. Fishers of men, we send out this huge net um, to reach a whole lot of people, but that net is made up of a whole bunch of individual knots, K-N-O-T-S, knots, and each one of us is that knot, and we make the, the net strong and we make it big because we all link arms and we make this happen together. But we need to have your help in order to do that. So can you join us in the effort with Quest Radio to be um, the fisher of men? The number to call is 678 678-688-4549. We want to keep bringing you great messages like we've had today and yesterday and that we'll continue to have um, all the way through tomorrow. We only can do it if we have the airwaves to do it. Then we go back to regular programming. And the only way that regular programming continues is if you donate during these pledge drives. So please give us a call 678-688-4549. We're talking with Bob Fink. We're talking about Eucharistic miracles. We talked about the the miracle in Lanciano, and then we talked about the miracle in Buenos Aires. You've done a a lot of research, I guess, on on, um, miracles. Have you ever found a Eucharistic miracle that occurred in a faith other than the Catholic Church? No. They're all basically in the Catholic Church, and many times the priests, like as you said, had some doubts about the Eucharist. Yeah, I just I think that's an amazing, amazing fact. I I interviewed somebody who wrote not this book that you're referring to, but a different book. He actually lives in Springfield, Missouri. His name's John Carpenter, and he's he's done extensive research on Eucharistic miracles. He said that he's never found one that was outside of the Catholic Church. And, you know, there are other faiths that that think that they have the true presence. Lutherans um, believe they have the true presence. I think this is a testament to the church that Christ founded, that the Eucharistic miracles are found in this church. That's truth. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Um, 678-688-4549. What other miracles do you want to share with us? Well, there are several miracles, and many of them— pattern after the uh, Lanciano in Buenos Aires where during the Mass the priest had some doubts and the uh, host would turn to flesh and the wine to blood. Uh, I can mention a whole bunch of them, but let me just focus on a couple others that are a little different mm-hmm. that had tremendous results. Cassia, C-A-S-C-I-A in Italy, the year 1330. A gravely ill peasant called a priest in order to receive communion. The priest carelessly and partly through apathy, irreverently placed the consecrated host in his breviary. When he reached the peasant, the priest opened the breviary and was astonished to see the host was transformed into a clot of blood, and the pages of the breviary were marked with blood. The miracle was investigated and approved by the Vatican. Again, it's flesh and blood. Mm. And uh, that was, again, back in the year 1330. Uh, and, thir- and there's a history to this now. In 1387, a lot of these happened in Italy. Mm-hmm. In 1387, which is 57 years later, it was ordered by the bishop and it, that every year on the Feast of Corpus Christi, the uh, and at that time Corpus Christi was only celebrated in Italy. We'll see later on when it became a true uh, Catholic feast day over the world. Uh, the priest uh, said on, fe- on Corpus Christi, the authorities... The councils, the people of Cassia should march 
or should meet in church and follow the priest carrying the relic of the most holy body of Christ in procession through the city. So they took the host, the bloody host, and processed through the city. In 1430, which is what, I don't know, 60 years later, on the anniversary of the feast day of Corpus Christi, the Eucharistic Congress was celebrated in Casilla for the whole diocese. So it was the first Eucharistic Congress. And mm. ours started many years ago. I, I forget the 1990, something like that. So that was the first Eucharistic Congress. Uh, at the present time, the altar... Cl- uh, I'm sorry. Today, the Basilica of St. Reader in Casilla displays the flesh and the bloodied page of the breviary. Mm. So like all the miracles, they're still in existence today, yeah. which is a miracle in itself. Yeah. That a piece of flesh would last that long. Then the one that is just the amazing one that people just love when they see the panel is you can, as I describe it, try to picture it in your mind. A priest during... This is in Germany. A priest during Mass had doubts of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and delayed in elevating the chalice. At the moment of elevating the chalice, even in other words, he felt guilty about it, so he really hesitated to raise the chalice for the consecration. At the moment of elevating the chalice, the wooden crucifix above the tabernacle, it's a large crucifix with Jesus' body on the cross, the wooden crucifix above the tabernacle came to life and the Lord slowly extended his arms to the priest, took the chalice from his hands, and exhibited the chalice for adoration of the faithful in the congregation. Mm. The priest, repentant, fell to his knees and begged forgiveness for his doubts. The Lord returned the chalice to him as a sign of pardon. The miraculous crucifix is still pres- preserved and displayed today in the church. And again, here's something with the several people in the church who were able to testify to this. They were witnesses to the event. Mm. So this is a little difference. It's just beautiful to visually see Jesus coming down from the cross, or leaning over, taking the chalice, and then giving it back to him to mm. finish the consecration. Mm. Uh, let's see. While you're looking for the next one, I'll give out the number 678-688-4549. Come on, we are at $11,085. Can we bump it up just a little bit? Whatever amount that you can give, we need to get the phone lines ringing. Um, 678-688-4549. I know this is kind of a, a, a time maybe where where uh, some of you are, are taking a, a siesta. I don't know. Um, you know, but but come on, just give us a call. 678 688 Four five four nine, or go online. Annie is so good about reminding me. Go online, thequestatlanta.com, thequestatlanta.com. We need your help. We absolutely need your help. We've been at $11,085 too long. Um, we need to raise the necessary funds for Catholic Radio, and uh, we're going to have some, some time to make up. We need to, to get the phone lines going. So we are at $11,085 for today, $65,499 for two-day total um, so far. Uh, but that's not enough. It's just it's just not enough to run a station. So we need your help by pumping that up just a little bit, 678-688-4549. Or if you have the means, pump it up a whole lot. We could really use a whole lot right now as well. And I know that there are people... Um, who are able to do that. We have people that call in with uh, matching pledges, um, you know, sometimes giving, you know, $10,000. So if you are a person who has been given um, treasure in that in that degree, then by all means, please step up right now and give. But whatever you can give, whether it's $5, whether it's $10,000, whatever it is, just give us a call, 678 688 Four, nine. We are talking with Bob Fink about Eucharistic miracles. He's been talking to us about the miracle of Lanciano, the miracle in Buenos Aires, um, the miracle at Cassia. And uh, so now we're going to talk about another one. Okay, this one is often referred to as the miracle of Orvieto, but it really happened in a, an Italian town outside of Orvieto, Bolsena, B-O-L-S-E-N-A. In the year 1263, a German priest, uh, Peter of Prague, stopped at Balsana while on a pilgrimage to Rome. He was celebrating a Mass in the Basilica of Balsana, and when the moment of the consecration arrived, the host was transformed into flesh, 
The mir- this miracle strengthened the wavering belief of the priest in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. The sacred body was inspected by Pope Urban and by St. Thomas Aquinas. This miracle helped convince the Pope to extend the Feast of Corpus Christi to the Universal Church. Uh, the Pope sent emissaries to investigate. When the facts were ascertained, he ordered the bishop in the diocese to bring the host in a linen cloth bearing the stains to the cathedral in Oviedo. Uh, he had placed them in the cathedral. The linen bearing the spots of blood is still reverently enshrined and exhibited in the cathedral of Orieto. Then by Pope Urban IV was prompted by this miracle to commission St. Thomas Aquinas to compose the office of the Mass and the Liturgy of the Hours to celebrate the Most Holy Body but of Christ, Corpus Christi. One year after the miracle, in August 1264, Pope Urban introduced Aquinas' composition, which I think was the music we sing during benediction, but I can be corrected on that. And by means of the papal built bowl, instituted the feast of Corpus Christi. So now, at that point, it became a holiday feast day internationally, not just in the, in the country of Italy. Uh, we we were in Orvieto, and we were able to, they moved it to Orvieto. We were there on another tour last couple of years ago, and the cathedral is beautiful. The one area where they display the cloth was actually closed off, so we couldn't actually see the miracle, but just being in a presence. And one thing I forgot, let's see, what was I going to say? Anyway, go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I hear that we're, we're getting some phone calls, so we'll be getting some up- updates in just a minute. Praise be to God. I was really getting worried there. So uh, give us a call, 678-688-4549. I think there's still some open lines, so give us a call, 678-688-4549. If you have a message for Bob Fink, he is our guest right now. We will absolutely give him a message, um, and we'll be getting an update on the board here in just a minute, 678 688 Four five four nine. What an incredible, um, what what an incredible gift it is to be a part of a church that God cares about so much, and to know that He cares about each one of us so much that He, first of all, He sacrificed Himself right. on the cross. And he gave us his body and blood in the Eucharist and told us we must eat of this body and this blood. And then when we doubt, he gives us these miracles to bring us closer to him. And uh, what a loving and merciful, merciful God. You talked about the priest at, at or- Oroveto, or- Orvieto. Orvieto, who, you know, he was doubting, and Christ reached down from the, came alive, uh, you know, worked a miracle, came alive on the cross, and reached down and, and elevated the the cup for the priest. And the priest was sad and, and knelt down and repented, and he gave the priest back and gave him the other opportunity. Makes me think of, of Peter whenever he denied Christ three times, and then he was given three opportunities at the charcoal fire where he then can say, um, you know, Peter, will you feed, feed my sheep? Will you feed my lambs? And, you know, he says, yes, Lord, I, I said I'll do this. So he was given three opportunities for the three denials, three opportunities to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And yes, I will feed your sheep. And uh, so that's what we're doing now with, with the Eucharist. There's one thing I forgot to mention that's very important. Mm-hmm. In Lanciano... And in Buenos Aires, uh, the bloods matched. The Shroud of Turin yes. blood matched also, all yes. three. And we're going to have the Shroud of Turin in Atlanta sometime in the next couple of months. No kidding. But that was another one where the blood matched the uh, the, the pattern of the, uh, the two Eucharistic miracles. The actual Shroud or pictures of the actual Shroud? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there is a display that I, travels that are yeah. pictures. And, you know, it actually shows the the pictures of the instruments that were used to cause the wounds. And, and it's really, it's really a, an impressive, impressive display, but I'm not sure that the actual shroud itself tours could be wrong. There's always things that I don't know about. So, um, ah, this is a wonderful message for you. This is a, an incredible message says, uh, very proud of you, dad. 
And that's from Bob Jr. How cool is that? Um, and he made a very, very generous donation. So thank you to Bob Jr. I'm proud of him, too. How cool is that? Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So, so good. So thank you, Bob. Thank you to all of our callers that are now on the line. And uh, we are we are grateful. So number to call, though, if you'd like to be a part of that, too, 678 688 Four five four nine. You do have tremendous um, reason to be proud of your dad, who takes so much time to travel around these incredible displays to bring others closer. So, in your your travels and taking these displays, can you share with us some of the hearts that have been converted and some of the success stories that you've seen along the way? Well, two things. One is Father James Flanagan, who's no longer in the archdiocese. He had shared one time before I knew I had the, had the miracles. It was the a pamphlet on the Lanciano miracle convinced him to come back into the church and become a priest. Mm, mm. He's down in Florida now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, she, 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 uh, this is going to be another emotional one. Here no, we go. One, wait, one, yeah, one, go, yeah, go ahead. Mention, uh, you think, well, how about, how about these young children? I mean, do they benefit by the exhibit? Well, I set it up one time at uh, Notre Dame Academy. This was maybe 10 years ago. and had it set up. I set it up on a, like a Wednesday morning and Friday, late in the day, I went to pick it up. And a boy came to me in tears, a little boy, maybe 10 years old. He said, I wanted my mother to, <laughs> to see it. Aww. Aww. <sighs> so it touched him. He understood what it was all about, and it touched him. Wow. But for some reason, he thought his mother needed to see something like this. Yeah. It's amazing. It, you know, it makes you wonder, did that little boy grow up and, you know, yeah. wh- where is he now? Because it could have, you know, really changed. You probably won't know this side of heaven, all the lives that you've changed because of, of the displays and traveling around all of this and really speaking out on the Eucharistic miracles. So so God bless you for doing well, that. You. I really, I, I for one, am very appreciative. And we're getting some messages here, getting some phone calls of all the people that are appreciative. You know, I say the same thing about Catholic radio, too. I think that, you know, Carol, Annie, all the people that are here, you who are on Catholic radio, someday, grace of God, make it to heaven. There are going to be people there who say thank you because I wouldn't be here for what if it wasn't for what I heard on Catholic radio. Because mm-hmm. I hear from people all the time their lives being changed and, and they're turning away from from pornography or from contraception or... Um, going back to church after being away for for many many years, uh, you know, people who who said they were going to get divorced and Catholic Radio saved their marriage. I, I think it's like thirty percent of the responders to the survey said that Catholic Radio had saved their marriage, not made it better, not uh, it did, but I mean, it wasn't just it made it better. Or it made us, you know, it was it saved my marriage and and. Uh, yeah, so I just, I really think that, that Catholic Radio is powerful, so is this Eucharistic miracle, and it's so cool to see the two come together and us be able to get the message about Eucharistic miracles out over the radio. So thank you for, okay. for taking your time. We have another message here for you, and uh, it says, uh, shout out to Bob. Patty, um, I'll show you the last name, from Santa Fe, New Mexico, says, Bob has been a spiritual influence for me since 1980, and I am grateful for his ministry on the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. So, Thank you, Patty. Yeah, you don't even need to see the last name. You already know. I can tell by your face. You know who that is. So, so we don't even need to show that last name. If you want to give a message to Bob, then by all means, give us a call, 678 685 Four five eight nine. If you can make a pledge at the same time, that's awesome. But you do not have to. You absolutely do not have to to make a donation in order to give a message to Bob. We are now at woohoo. We are at. Oh, I'm sorry. I said it wrong. Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Annie keeps me honest here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Woohoo. We are at. $17,185. What a huge jump that is. Woohoo is right. That is awesome. So, wow. And you know what? We're going to have to get the camera in here. Okay. Oh, okay. Awesome. We need the camera in here. 
So we'll get that in just a second because we, we did get a founder. And this person says, uh, it's Peter and Joyce. It says they have traveled to a number of Eucharistic miracle sites and would like Bob to talk about um, brain, Buenos Aires if he wants. And I think mm-hmm. we already did. So mm-hmm. they missed that part. So so that was earlier. and, and uh, But we'll, we'll mention it again for their sake. Uh, we'll, we'll say just a second. But you know what? You get to pick up the bell and ring it once for the founder. Competitive guy. Depends who you speak to. Okay, all right. So we the most rings that we've had this week so far are two. So if you get three, you're the winner. So if we can get another founder called in, we ring it a third time. So there you go. All right. So and it's all for fun. It's all for fun for Catholic Radio. So we are at twenty thousand seven hundred and eighty-five dollars for Peter and Joyce, who called in as a founder and missed. Uh, the part about Buenos Aires, can you just talk about it sure, briefly I, I, again? I'll do it briefly. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we talked about Lanciano. That was the uh, host and the, and the wine turned into blood, flesh and blood in the year at seven something. And then in the year 1970, uh, the scientific test said it was true blood and so forth. In 1996, in uh, Buenos Aires, uh, at which time the, uh, the archbishop was Pope Francis. Uh, a host had been discarded in the church, and they get brought it to the priest. He put it in a, a glass of water in the tabernacle, which is the procedure. Eight days later, he went to take it out, thinking it was dissolved, and there was a piece of flesh, bloody flesh, in the glass. Mm. So he took it out. They called the archbishop. The archbishop made him uh, put it aside and so forth, and the, uh, had to take pictures of it. And the pictures that they took periodically showed the heart was growing, so the archbishop decided to, or bishop decided to send this to get it scientifically tested, similar to Lanciano. So he turned it in without telling them where it was from or what the purpose was. And they got the same sort of designation that it was human flesh, uh, human blood, and uh, it was, let me just get my notes back here. Well, he compared it. The actual was human blood. It was ventricle of the heart, just like Lanciano, and true flesh. And it showed that the person had uh, that belonged to must have suffered a lot. Uh, the muscle of the heart, uh, and also there was still dynamic activity. The heart was alive. Mm. At the moment, brought the science, and they showed him the results in Lanciano, and they said that whoever the person was. The, the blood and body or flesh came from the same person in Lanciano and in Buenos Aires. Mm. And that's still on display down in Buenos Aires. Mm. So that's basically the, uh, the miracle of Buenos Aires, which really confirms Lanciano. And it's current. I mean, p- people say, well, in the year 760 or whatever it was in Lanciano, God was in, wanted to have people learn about the Eucharist. Well, he's still doing it. This happened in 1996. And then there are three or four miracles that I didn't cover one was 2006 in Textla, Mexico. One was in 1991 in, in Venezuela. There's one in Poland in 2008. So the miracles are still happening. Mm. You know, and, and I think sometimes we do, that's an important point to bring out, because sometimes I do think that um, we just think, oh, that was long ago. But no, you're proving that it is current, and that even those that happened long ago are really still current because the miracle is still there. We can still oh, yeah. take the, the the flesh and we can test it. We can find out that it is heart muscle and that it is AB blood. And, and it all, they all confirm each other. It's not like uh, one is this and one is another. They all confirm, including the Shroud of Turin. So, wow, what great information that you are bringing to each one of us here at Catholic Radio and, and really... The, the research, the display, all that you do is is tremendously, we, we, it's tremendous and we are appreciative. Thank you. And there, we only have a few more minutes, so last thoughts and then I have a message for you. There was just one other me- miracle that's very brief mm-hmm. and it's a different. It's in Siena, Italy, 1730. 
On the Feast of the Assumption in 1730, while most people of Siena were attending services at another Catholic church, thieves entered and desert, the deserted church, stole the gold ciborium containing hosts. Two days later, while praying in the church, a priest saw the, something white sticking out of the offering box. And it was a host. There were 380 hosts which a priest placed in the ciborium. In 1730, the host is still intact after 284 years. Mm. Uh, and many of the miracles, many popes, popes have appeared before the miracle and said prayers. Mm. So, and again, all these miracles I mentioned have been investigated. They're all in the international exhibit that the Vatican has put together. Yes. So they, they are true. There's no doubt about them. You know, and that's a really good point, too, is, is that, you know, we're not out there. People aren't out there just hoaxing. I mean, there are some that have been proven to be hoaxed, but they are investigated. So the ones that you're talking about have been confirmed as true miracles. With witnesses and the, and the, and the substance or whatever it is is preserved and is still in existence today. Yes. So there have been some others that they thought this was that and thought it was that and it wasn't truly a miracle. All right. Well, we only have like one more minute, but we have a message for you. Where is our camera? So okay, so we gotta we gotta pick up the bell again. You're the ringer of the day. Three rings. He has gotten three rings of the bell, and this one is from the Gift of Hope Foundation. And they called in in your in support of you and uh, became a founder uh, as a support for you. And uh, so we thank the Gift of Faith Foundation, Gift of Hope Foundation. Thank you, Gift of Hope Foundation. Exactly. So, so good. Oh, my goodness. That is awesome. So, uh, yeah, two founders and uh, ringing the bell because we got over 20,000. So that was really amazing. Last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners, a website that they can go to. Where can they see the display? Anything that you'd like to leave with the listeners? Well, if anybody wants to set, have the display uh, displayed in their parish, as long as the priests agree. I'd be glad to arrange to bring it out. They can set it up or whatever. Uh, and the second thing is that, uh, well, that, that's the main thing, I think. And how would they contact you? Uh, they can call me at 770-294-9327. And uh, we can make arrangements for that. All right, excellent. And if you didn't get that number, call Quest, and uh, we will we will put you in touch with with Bob because oh, it's such an important message. Th- there's one other message. Yeah, there is a website, the Real Presence Association. Mm. They're the ones who actually got, receive the material from the Vatican, and they have on a website. They have every one of the miracles on the website. Wow, excellent. So that's that's a good website. Yeah, very very good. You can Google. Again, the Real Presence Association. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time to be with us today. And thank you to everyone who gave in in Bob's honor. I understand why you did, because this is a, a tremendous man who who's out to, to do the Lord's work. So thank you so much. And we will be back with our next guest. Our next guest is Nancy Coveney. She's going to be, she's the executive director of the Catholic Foundation of North Georgia. So we'll be talking with her. Um, and we would just love it if you would give us a call during break. And we'll be back uh, in just a few minutes. 678-688-4549. 